Good morning. It's May 10th, 2020, and our ninth online-only Echo Church service. Whew, this has been a lot of weeks in a row on video, guys. I don't know about you, but it's been a little different, hasn't it? I know Instagram influencers and YouTube stars, they make it look so easy, but it's been kind of weird. I don't know. Maybe you felt a little weird to just watch a worship service online. It's been different for all of us. But thank you for sticking with us. Thank you for giving us the gift of your attention. Because it is a gift, you know. I mean, all kinds of things are vying for our eyes and our ears all around us, right? So it takes focus to look on a video again and engage. But I miss seeing your faces. Not just because of you as people. I mean, I miss you for sure. But just having somebody to talk to, guys. But I do thank you. Because speaking to video reminds me how great of an audience you are when I do see you in person. Because we can make eye contact. I love that. And there's give and take in communication, right? It's not just one person speaking out into the universe. When I get to preach to you in person, I get to see you nod along. Yeah, and smile when you get something that we're saying here. When we dig into God's word together, I can see when it clicks. Some of you. Some of you are harder to read. I'll admit it. I work for it. But I just pray that God is speaking to you somehow. Every once in a while, one of you has fallen asleep before. I've seen it. But rest assured, an Echo friend said to me, just know that your tone is really soothing and maybe it just brings God's peace into people's lives. I'm going to take that spin on that, okay? But no matter what, Speaking to you now, I just miss knowing that we're engaging together because being seen and heard feels good, doesn't it? When you talk, when you share whatever is going on in your life, it feels good to know that others see and hear you. And that's our topic for today. We've been in this series called This Is Fine. And today, I want us to talk about the gift of our attention. Now, the Bible story that I want to look at today is just real brief. It's a piece of a bigger story that you probably have heard of before. Job. Now, a lot of people think of Job when there's times of tragedy because Job lost a lot. And if you know his story, in one day, he lost all of his children. He lost most of his possessions. And soon after that, he lost his health. That's a lot of grief to bear. And I want us to look in Job chapter 2 of the way his friends reacted to him when they first learned about Job's great tragedy, when they discovered that their friend had experienced all of this pain. I'm going to begin reading in verse 11 of Job chapter 2. When Job's three friends, Eliphaz the Temanite, Bildad the Shuhite, and Zophar, the Namathite, heard about all the troubles that had come upon him. They set out from their homes and met together by agreement to go and sympathize with him and comfort him. When they saw Job from a distance, they could hardly recognize him. They began to weep aloud, and they tore their robes and sprinkled dust on their heads. You guys, this says that his friends could hardly recognize him. I imagine that both the illness, which caused sores on his body, and the immense grief, which probably manifested physically, 
had simply made him into a person they no longer recognized. It says these friends wept, tore their robes, sprinkled dust on their heads. It means these are acts of grief. This was the way they showed in that time that they were mourning. And these friends were mourning for their dear friend. But this last thing really strikes me the most. In verse 13, it says, Then they sat on the ground with him for seven days and seven nights. No one said a word to him because they saw how great his suffering was. I find this so moving that for seven days and nights, they could do nothing but sit by Job's side because there were no words. His grief was way too big to bear or to speak of. They simply gave him attention and camaraderie. They gave attention to his grief. Now, you'll go on to read the rest of Job. You'll find out that when his friends started speaking words, they were not very comforting. In fact, God was pretty angered by it at some point. So I'd just say, let's focus on these first seven days of silence when they were the best kind of friends. While studying these verses this week, it didn't really dawn on me that other people in the Bible had also mourned for seven days. Jacob that we talked about a few weeks ago, when he died, his son Joseph, it says, mourned for seven days after his burial. So there's something about this week of grieving. In fact, it really didn't dawn on me until reading a commentary this week saying that the current modern day Jewish tradition still goes on where people sit Shiva for seven days when a loved one dies. And that goes back to these biblical texts. Sitting Shiva today means that you would gather with all the very close people of the person who just died, spouses, parents, siblings, and they would sit. They sit low to the ground on a low stool, low seat, emulating Job and others who sat on the ground in mourning. And friends and family come by the house throughout the seven-day period, and they sit with those who are mourning. They share stories. They remember memories. But really, they are giving space and time and attention to the grief of their dear friends. I love that this is a beautiful tradition that still takes place today. What that says about holding grief with our friends by just being present. It can feel pretty helpless to watch people we love when they hurt, when there's nothing we can do to change it. And maybe we think that just sitting there, well, what does that do? But it means more than we may know. In our world right now, being seen and heard while we feel so separated might make even more difference than we can realize. Because sitting with someone's pain, giving attention to grief or hurt or sorrow, it's not passive. That is very active. And while we're sitting with someone, maybe just listening, saying nothing at all, in our hearts we can be praying and bringing to them before the Lord, all their hurts and giving them into God's hands. And that's another very active thing that we can do. It's not helpless when we bring God's presence with us when we are with 
loved ones. Now, I've personally witnessed friends who bring God's presence into others' lives all the time. And the other day, I was reading a piece written by one of our very own Echo Church friends, Jamie Miller Novak. This was a beautiful example that I read on her blog post where she talked about giving someone the gift of attention. She may not have called it that, but that's what I could see in it. Jamie is a speech therapist at a nursing home, and she works regularly with people who are hurt and sometimes confused. And I love the story she shared, and she gave me permission to read this to you today. The patient's name has been changed to protect her dignity. And this happened at the beginning of the pandemic. Let me read Jamie's words for you. Anne stares at the beige phone with the long spiral cord that sits silently on her bedside table. Her brow is furrowed and she glances back and forth worriedly from me to the phone. I just didn't understand, she said as her bottom lip quivers. I just didn't understand how quickly it spreads. I shouldn't be talking to him on the phone. What I pieced together from our conversation is that anxiety and fear can often be at the forefront for people with dementia. And she's worried that she might possibly infect her boyfriend by talking with him on the phone. I reassure Anne over and over that she's safe she is loved, and she cannot transmit illness to loved ones over the phone. Then I write a few simple reminders in her memory book. Therapy in a nursing home involves much reassurance and emotional care. Working with people with dementia, we all learn new ways to help our patients feel safe and loved. It's always a challenge impacted by major life events or new stages the person faces. Now we're all faced with a unique challenge how do you make someone feel safe when you're speaking from behind a mask? How do you show a person love without a hug or holding a hand? We strike a balance in providing our patients with dignity. We strive to be truthful while also providing comfort and assurance of safety. It is obvious that something is different. Children and spouses aren't coming for lunches or dinner. Grandchildren don't stop by to visit. Life has changed. Anne is still looking at her phone, but she's starting to grasp a new truth. The phone is safe, she asks me. I nod and I point to her memory book and I read, you are safe, you are loved, phone calls are safe. She nods when I repeat the explanation why family and friends can't visit right now. I verbally paint a picture of a happier future when the weather is warmer and she will be able to sit with her son and her boyfriend once again on the patio. Yes, but I'm old, she said. I don't have a lot of time left. My patients remind me daily of the preciousness of life. They often highlight the most important parts of life. When the house has been sold and the valuables have been divided up and daily life is downsized to the items that can fit in one small room, what remains? The love of family and friends looms large. Smiles, laughter, hugs. These are the driving forces in their lives. These should be the driving forces in all our lives. Anne's eyes grow heavy. She adjusts her pillow and I can tell she's staying awake from my presence. I stand up and make my way toward the door. I encourage her to take a nap. Will this all be over soon, she asks me. 
I stifle the truth in light of comfort and say, soon. It'll all be over soon. Because this is the truth I'm holding on to. I so appreciate Jamie's beautiful words and perspective that I don't daily see. She's honoring people and giving them the gift of attention. And you can see that. Why is this important for all of us right now? Let's consider all that we've talked through in our series. In our This Is Fine series week one, we allowed ourselves to admit that we're all feeling bad right now. And it's okay to admit it. Week two, we talked about that these feelings are actually grief, communally, personally. Week three, we remembered that living in community is a life-giving way to deal with tragedy. So how can we do that right now, especially as we are separated? What we can do to help those who are struggling, and that could be any and all of us at the same time, is offer our gift of attention. We can't find everyone jobs who has lost work. We can't heal everyone who is sick. We can't mend the despair to turn on the news and see another racial act of violence taking place. We cannot heal all the wounds and all the broken systems, all the injustice, the poverty, the hunger. But we can be present to one person at a time. Though we can't fix everyone's problems, when you're feeling low, likely you know that your problems can't be fixed by your friends, but it just feels good to be able to vent, to get it all out, just somewhere in the world so it's no longer trapped inside and into a safe space. And you can be that safe space for someone else. Be like Job's friends. Just sit with people. Be like Jamie and be present and give reminders over and over if needed. Texting, chatting on the phone. Hey, remember when we talked on phones? Video conversations or driving by to wave at someone in their house. These are all viable options right now. When we can't be present in person, we can still bring our presence to a person. Because when we allow others to be seen and heard for who they are and how they're feeling and what's going on in their lives, when we give our gift of attention, we are bringing God's presence into the situation. He can work and minister through every single one of us when we just be present in people's lives. When we offer our gift of attention to someone, we are absolutely bringing the love of Jesus right into their lives. I want us to seek that out this week. And let's just ask him, God, dear God, please show us who needs your presence through our presence today. Show us, Lord, And I thank you for your gift of attention. Be thou my vision, O Lord of
Thanks again for joining us for a time of worship this week. And thanks for the many ways you all support the ministry taking place here at Echo Church. 
This morning on Mother's Day, we also want to give a special shout out to all the ladies out there helping raise children. Whether you do that in the role of mom, aunt, big sister, teacher, or mentor, please know that the work you're doing and giving the gift of your attention and showing love to the young people in your life is immensely significant and so much appreciated. Look on our service page for an update from our partner organization, Love Boldly, as well as to find ways to give online. Let's pray. Lord, this morning we're thankful and we are grateful for everything you do and who you are. And we ask that you would um, help us to find ways to show others the gift of our attention. Lord, allow us to listen more than we speak and to understand that our words carry power and to use them wisely and carefully and to understand that a lot of times the best thing we can do is be present for the other people in our life and be willing to listen and to show up and to spend time with them without saying a word. Father, help us as we go through this week to be compassionate to one another and merciful to one another, even when it's really hard. Um, Even when we disagree, give us a spirit of humility and a spirit of kindness and a spirit of joy in the midst of pain. Show us how to best be there for one another, whatever that might look like. In Jesus' name, amen.